Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Yes, back in the jungle, JT in Southern California. Great to be here. Fabulous day today. Happy 4th of July in advance. If you're traveling today, if you're on a long commute, I just did a nice commute from Encinitas in San Diego, right up to the studio here. Good to be in for Jim. Thanks for the opportunity, as always, on a big day. Got a lot to get to. You know the number. We're going to try something that's never, ever been attempted in jungle history. We are going to do a recap of the smack-off. That's right. No one has been prepared to do that. No one can do that. I am the first winner of the smack-off. I am here today. We've got a lot of sports to get to. There's a ton of NBA, NFL opinions, team totals, all of that. But I thought what we'd do today is try to loosen it up, have a little bit of fun, and recap what we heard on Friday as I commuted and drove from Las Vegas to San Diego. Listen to the smack-off, the 29th smack off after winning the first and tuning in for most of them along the way I thought it was strong yes I thought it was really strong from beginning to end one of the hardest smack offs ever to try to adjust and figure out who was going to win let alone who was going to be in the uh, top 10 as Jim said I did not agree with the scoring I did not agree with a lot of the decisions are here. No disrespect. We're here to have an open forum on that. So the highlights of it, what you thought could have happened, what did happen. We congratulate Mark and Boston for winning. Great to join the fraternity. Hope I get you to Vegas someday to come to my backyard brick. We'll be in that fraternity with some of the greats to ever win it. Fantastic for him, especially the hook from making the call from a bar, the way he was able to pull that off. And then one of the coolest top tens out there, man, the top ten trying to count down from ten to one. I'm talking to the guys today when I got here. They're not messing this up. They're dead serious. It was hard to do that. We have a conspiracy theory in the jungle today. The BIC, the phone that went out for a second, that is a jungle conspiracy. You take five grand from the greatest winner, you you pick five grand out of his wallet and take that away, you better believe you better have a tinfoil hat on for that. There's a lot going on with what happened. I actually asked Alvin to hear it. I wanted to go back and hear it. We'll get to that in a little bit. I wanted to make sure because the conspiracy theorists in the jungle are wondering what happened when Brad cut in and out for a moment. I heard it in the car. It happened. Don't know who it was on. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Never have, never will in sports. But as a caller, you know what you got to do. When I won the smack off, the first ever smack off, it was on Good Friday. I'm a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch in La Jolla. I went into the office. There wasn't a human being, a human being in Merrill Lynch on Prospect Street in uh, La Jolla. I went in by myself, no one there, cleared off my desk, single-minded focus, called in about, I was talking to Alvin about this, probably a little bit past the halfway point, dropped my call, and it was over. It was done. It ran people out of the jungle on hold. They dropped the phone, dropped the mic. This didn't have that feel to it, or did it? Because I thought Mark and Hollywood came out of the gate and might have been able to go wire to wire. I told the guys on the XR4TI, I thought that the way I'm going to score it, I'm going to wait for a little bit here, but I thought the two best calls at any point in the entire show were Mark and Hollywood and I afraid And that's the greatest smack-off first call to last call I ever heard. You know, that was it. That was probably the best opening call, end of call, before a decision was made. And I afraid he came in seventh, and that is a crime. 
That is an injustice for the legends, for the legends. And I'm no boomer sumer. I had more fun this weekend than everybody combined. But I can tell you that I thought I afraid he should have been scored in the top three. I thought a seven for I afraid he was. I I, just, I was I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was shocked by that. Some other points as we get going. I've never heard a smack off where one guy was abused by everybody more so than the abuse that Caleb and Green Bay took. You know, the guys who win, there's a jealousy factor in the jungle for us former champions that everybody feels they got to go attack them the next year because they won. I didn't win $5,000. I got a phone line, didn't use it. My last call, called in, I won. Walk off, drop the mic moment. But some people were coming after Caleb. Every call seemed to be cracking him and insulting him. I thought that was interesting. I haven't listened to every smack off, but that one was pretty aggressive. And also, this love affair with Wisco. There's a love affair going on with the smack off in Wisco. Wisconsin, I guess if you make your call from a bar, you get points for that. There's a lot of Wisconsin vibe and a lot of other calls there. And I told this to Alvin, and I'm probably wrong here, but I laughed out loud twice. I mean, when I was in the car by myself and laughed and blurted outside, uh, outside twice when I was in the car. Paul the dog, I know he's not a favorite. Paul the dog had a couple of takes in there that were unbelievable. Yes, I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm not going to buy a Paul the dog T-shirt today. But I thought he got me there. And maybe Rick in Buffalo, I thought, could have won it and, and maybe should have won it. Uh, Sean the Cablin Asian, radio host in Houston, he had a fantastic wire-to-wire call. Probably would have won the smack off in years past. And as we talk about Caleb coming in eighth, commonly asked question to me, how come I never called the smack off again after I won? Because I was never going to come in eighth. I was never going to come in ninth. I was never going to get run. That was never going to happen with me. I wanted a Joe Namath moment, and I did it for everybody else who continues to compete. Great job there. I mean, you look at the top seven. I afraid he left uh, Shawnee, Rick in Buffalo, BIC, Mark in Hollywood, the runner-up, and Mark in Boston, the winner of the Smack Off. So jump on in if you agree or disagree with me on anything here, 800-636-8686. It's a jungle recap. I got a couple of guests, plenty of NBA to talk to. We'll see how this goes. It's not life or death for me here, but it is for some clones. If you want to get in on what happened with the Smack Off, correct the rule, correct the score, then come on in and do it at 800-636-8686. Again, if it ended up, if it ended up that Mark in Hollywood won and I afraid he came in second, that's the way I had it scored. I went back and listened to it. I'd stick with that again. Wire call to start it off. Last call, I thought, were the two best calls overall. I thought Mark in Boston, who I don't know, haven't heard him a lot, rock-solid phone call. I did not wear a costume when I won the smack-off. I did not sit at a bar. I wasn't in a bar in that type of atmosphere. It obviously impressed Jim. He was impressed by that, and I think that took some some balls to go in there and do it that way. So I give him credit for that. Uh, V and the fee. They're still rumbling here in studio about V and the fee. I want to go back and hear a little bit of that a little bit later on. And Benny and Wisco, top 10 could have been top five. As Jim said this, as I listened to the end of the show, uh, driving up today, and as he recapped it, I wanted to hear the recap again. And as he recapped it there, 
Anyone who came in ninth could have came in third. Anybody who came in seventh should have won, could have won. It was tough to score this smack-off. Is there favoritism here? I don't think so. I think the host does it right all the time. He has the final decision here, and I think they usually get it right, if not always get it right here. But was this the most controversial smack-off in a long time? To me, I don't want to talk about controversy, but the fact that BIC's phone went out or just chirped as we used it, it chirped twice, no debate. It chirped twice, I think, changed the focus of the vote because he could have won with that, right? He could have won with that. And let's go back to that. Let's hear Brad and Corona, the conspiracy theory today, which is dominating the jungle. You have a home on the river. Benny threw his last kid in there because he couldn't. John's call was great. Thanks for walking us through your favorite Netflix. All right, so that was the first one. I heard that live in the car. I was driving. I was like, ooh, what was that? I'm looking under a tower. Am I under a tower or something? No. Just driving the car, driving the sled. Everything's going smooth. And then this is one because he got back on track because he's a pro. He's the greatest winner of all time. That was nothing to him. I don't even know if he heard it at the time. He probably didn't hear it. He keep roaring through. And then this happened at the end. Home stretch here, Jim. Looks like I finished the Brad and Corona bone stock in Omaha. Oof. Uh... Uh-huh. Get the link from Left of yeah. Laguna. War Lady Clones. Yep, can't win. Can't win there. And that's a $5,000 mistake. Could happen to anybody, but it cost him seven. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he loses. Maybe he's the runner-up there. So one of the topics we're talking about here in the jungle today. Let's hear it from you. Who would you move and slot it up more? Who would you have moved up a little bit? Who would you have taken down a little bit? I think it's about the callers from 6, 7, 8, 9 that you might have been able to move up, but you have to take a few out of that and move them down. How do you see that at 800-636-8686? We attempt to do a smack-off recap today, but we'd like to hear from you at Twitter, at JT the Brick. I'm sure if you hit it at Jim Rome, it'll get to me too, and we'll take a look at that here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I want to jump into the NBA. Real big topic, and last year as I was here for a number of shows, the news broke on Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant requested a trade, and the internet almost broke. And it was crazy to be here that day. First day, I think, or second show I was here last year was one of the biggest news days of the summer. You know, UCLA, they go to the Big Ten Conference Realignment, and then Durant asked for a trade, and he eventually got the trade to Phoenix. I am sick and tired absolutely furious about NBA player entitlement. I'm on the Mount Rushmore of guys in sports who despise NBA player entitlement, along with what we see with load management. So you take two topics now that you never had in your life. When you're a kid, your dad, your grandparents, however old you are, you have never seen entitlement like this from NBA players who play less do not care about the regular season, only want to flip the switch, only want to flip the switch when the postseason comes along, and now they're telling you where they want to get traded to. They're saying that we want out, and I'd rather go here. You don't have the right to open your mouth and say where you want to go. You are the property under contract of the team that paid you all that money. It's their job to get the best in return because you're bailing on the team. You're bailing on the team, and you want out. So you can get out. I'm not saying you can't get out. You can get out, but you can't dictate where you want to go. You can't say, I want to go to South Beach. I want to go to Los Angeles. 
owners in this league, owners, I don't call them governors, I call them owners in this league, the owners need to step up without collusion and come together and say, these are our teams. We pay the players pretty much half of what we get. And we're going to tell them where, where they go, when they go, if they request to trade. I mean, it's just insane to me. You can't have full control of what you want to do as a player. You don't own the team. You don't have a ring. And you're Damian Lillard saying, I'd like to go to Miami? Well, no, you cannot get away with that. But now with player entitlement, every player in this league has a destination where they'd like to go to if the going gets too tough and they can't win. I've been covering this Damian Lillard story forever. And I'm blaming him. He's an Oakland guy. His dad goes to the Raiders games. This will be my 25th year working for the Raiders. His dad's a great guy. He's at the tailgates I go to. So I'd say this to his dad, too, if he was standing here. Damian Lillard should have got out of Portland years ago. The problem with sports is no one can turn down that Supermax contract. No one can turn down that first extension. Look at Zion. right? Look at Zion Williamson. He's a bum. He's terrible. He, he leads the blotter of TMZ every day with what's happening off the court. If they want to move Zion out of New Orleans, Zion should have 0% of an opinion on where he goes. They're going to look to dump him. He signed that rookie max. For Damian Lillard, he went back and signed multiple extensions with the Portland Trailblazers. That was his decision. Everybody's walking around talking about how loyal Damian Lillard is to Portland. He wasn't loyal to Portland. That's where he played. That's where they paid him more to stay. And now he wants out all of a sudden and he wants to go to Miami, who just went to the NBA Finals. It doesn't matter where he goes, but he wants to go to a winner. So what I would do if I'm Damian Lillard is I'd say, look, if you find a better situation for me, here are the teams I'd like to go to. Let's lead with Miami. I'd appreciate it if you looked at Miami. Then who are the rest of the teams that are interested? Doesn't seem to be the Warriors. Doesn't seem to be Giannis in Milwaukee. Doesn't seem to be Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is on that list. They got to move to Harden. I'll get to that in a minute. And Damian Lillard now doesn't want to go to Sacramento. Doesn't want to go to New Orleans or Memphis or one of these smaller markets. He doesn't want to play there. So he wants his cake and eats it too. He wants to have a super max contract and then say goodbye to the city who he claims to be loyal to. And there is loyalty to Portland, but he's the guy that signed the extensions in the past. He's the guy that looked at the money and the greed was so enormous, I wouldn't turn it down. But if I wanted out of Portland, Damian Lillard should have been out of Portland three to four years ago. I don't know anybody who would argue that point. He could have had an opportunity to walk three or four years ago. He'd already have a ring, possibly, and he'd be embedded with the franchise that maybe is on the verge of winning another championship. Now there's panic in play because they, he knows there's only so many chairs left on the Titanic. Where's he going to go? I'm a Nick fan. I'm a diehard Nick fan. That's how I got my name, JT the Brick, from Jim, rhymes with Knicks. And I would love to see Damian Lillard come here, but the Knicks got a lot of players like Damian Lillard. A lot of wing guys, a lot of tweeners, a lot of guys who can play the two or three. And they just got Jalen Brunson, who's a very good player. Very good player leading the point. So what other options does Damian Lillard have other than Miami? And Pat Riley's in charge of Miami, along with Eric Spolstra. Pat Riley wants him, he'll go get him. But is it fair for Portland to get Tyler Hero in return? Four years, $120 million for that guy, Hero? That's another problem that we're existing and living in now in the NBA. Player contracts are overvalued. Players are getting paid too much money. Players like Tyler Hero. 
Not players like LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler. The stars should be making these $200 million deals. But the trickle-down effect is that Tyler Hero's got four years left at $120 million. That is absurd. That is insane money. Tyler Hero's playing now. Larry Bird didn't play in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant never got money like that. Now we're seeing a league where if you're an average player, you can shoot the three ball, you're decent, we're going to give you over $100 bucks. So I think the league's got a big problem. And I've said this on my other shows, and I'll say it here, in the jungle. Last season was the worst NBA season in the history of the NBA. Not the postseason with the Nuggets. Nuggets are worthy champions. Fantastic team. Nikola Jokic, they played great. Very good team. But the league, the league mailed it in all year long. The league had load management issues. Players didn't play back-to-back on the road. Players couldn't come back from injury. I thought the league last year sucked in the regular season. It was terrible. But they know they can flip the switch and give you a good postseason, and they always do. So how do we clean that up? I think over the next two shows, today, Monday, and Wednesday, this is going to be a driving topic of one thing I want to get in with you inside the jungle here. When are you going to stop watching this league and this league go down a rabbit hole with all this stupid money, load management, and not speak up? They even have a juice box playing game for the worst teams. You can have a terrible year and play in this loser's bracket of a tournament and come out of that, and Miami took advantage of it. Remember, Miami could have been eliminated in the play-in game. And then they went to the NBA Finals. That was rare to see. Almost like the Philadelphia Phillies getting the third wild card going to the World Series. It's going to happen every few years. But I think the NBA, it's not on the brink financially. NBA will do fine financially because it's global. It's global, played all over the world, and we're the best at it here in the United States. We have the best league, the NBA. We don't have the best soccer league. We have the minor leagues of soccer, maybe worse, in the MLS. The best soccer in the world is played overseas. We are nowhere near competitive in soccer as a professional league. But the NBA and the NFL and the NHL are the three greatest global sports that are out there. And I think this is an important point going forward because the haves and have-nots of the NBA – um, again, I mentioned the big market teams, Los Angeles Clippers, number two media market, New York Knicks, number one media market, stink. Every year they stink. They beg to get players. No one ever wants to play for my Knicks. Kevin Durant doesn't want to play for the Knicks. No one seems to want to go to New York and play in the number one media market. And now we could see James Harden going to Los Angeles to play for the Clippers, one of the worst franchises in North American sports history. With all due respect to Steve Ballmer, one of the worst franchises ever. So if you make a conscious decision, a conscious decision to go to the Clippers or the Cleveland Browns, who haven't won since Jim Brown, or stay in Portland like Damian Lillard, it's on you. Let me repeat, if you decide you want to be a Clipper, if you decide you want to be a Cleveland Brown, if you decide you're going to go down that road and stay a New Orleans Pelican, which Anthony Davis didn't do, then you are basically guaranteeing mediocrity and you're never going to win. And now everybody's in love with Dame Lillard. Where does Dame want to go? Who cares where he wants to go? The question is, what does Portland get in return? That market now is an outpost for the NBA. They can't get free agents. Sacramento can't get free agents. I thought Sacramento should have made a monster offer to Draymond Green. 
just to tell everybody in Sacramento who's been getting their ass kicked by the Warriors their entire life that, hey, man, we, we took a run at Draymond. We, we didn't think we would get him, but we offered Draymond more than the Warriors just to let him know that we wanted him. And I'm not a big Draymond guy, but I thought it was really important to send a message. If you're one of these markets, Memphis, New Orleans, Portland, Sacramento, Salt Lake with the Jazz, you got to overpay. Minnesota, good example, the Timberwolves. What's they, what have they ever done? Nothing since Garnett. you got to overpay to get those guys to play in your market because they want to play where the palm trees are. They want to play where the palm trees are, South Beach, Los Angeles, and those markets. Jungle recap today. Come on in and tell me who you thought should have won. If you think we found a true winner... He is the winner. He's the champ. Mark in Boston, congratulate him. 800-636-8686. I'm going to eviscerate James Harden when we come back. I'm sure you don't want to miss that. JT the Brick, back in the jungle. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. JT, back with you in the jungle for Jim. Hope Jim's having a good vacation. This is kind of a vacation for me, too. Thrilled when I get the call to come on in here. I'll also be here on Wednesday. We'll be simulcast on TV on Wednesday, just radio today. Hope everyone has a good 4th of July. I'm in the middle of June gloom. I used to live, I lived in San Diego for eight years. Sun hasn't come out for like 140 days, my friends are telling me. But we got some sun here over the weekend, and a lot of this marine layer still socking in Southern California. and Vegas, we're about to start baking like potatoes. It was 109 yesterday. It was our first 100-degree day in the longest run in Vegas history without a 100-degree day all time. So it's starting to heat up there. And uh, I like it hot. I like it in Vegas. Got a chance to play a couple of rounds of golf in San Diego. Going to see the pod squad tonight. Going to see the Padres and the Angels. Cecilio Patani bat. I'm excited about that. We'll talk about all-star snubs and the all-star game coming up here. What we're trying to do is recap the smack-off. I think it's pretty cool. We'll do that today. Hit me up at JT the Brick or come in at Jim Rome. They'll get it to me. We'll take some calls on that. Uh, here's one at me at JT. JT, I know what happened. Mark in Boston hired Rich Flores to trip Brad's phone lines. The conspiracy is real with the BIC. It's real because it's money at stake. Again, I, I didn't get anything when I won. Took a while, and now you can get $5,000 to win. If something happens to take you out of that $5,000 hit, I called from a landline. I had a professional phone at Merrill Lynch. Uh, I'm sure Brad's phone works well. He's won six smack-offs. Something happened that day. Uh, this one, hey, JT, where would your smack-off winning call uh, top, uh, slot in the top ten of this year's event? Would've, I think it would have won. I think it stands the test of time. Most people who heard it said it was a great call, and you know I think it would have stood, stood the test of time in any year here in the smack-off. Maybe it didn't win this year. Maybe it'd be close, but uh, very proud of my call back in the day. Oh, no gimmicks in my call. I talk sports. 
Okay, so I didn't sit and call in and bash Caleb for 20 minutes on my call. Okay, I didn't call in and, and give five minutes making fun of some fat guy in some city. I didn't do that. I had, I had a sports call mixed in back in the day. So, again, if you're going to spend 60 70% of your phone call mocking Caleb for being fat, I guess I've never met Caleb. He won. He's part of my fraternity of winners. That wasn't my style. I talk sports. I don't think you have to be a boomer now to continue to talk sports. A lot of these calls were entertaining. And then, I don't think it's a conspiracy, but Mark in Hollywood, I'm hearing this term in here, the gimmicks. And the caller's saying it was gimmicky, using other voices and all that. Do we have a little bit of that, Alvy? Can we hear a little bit of what? I thought Mark in Hollywood could have went wire to wire. It was that good. He used a couple of voices in here. We're trying to figure out what he did. It was very good. I won the smack off with the help from Siri. So to celebrate the anniversary, I thought, you know, why not bring her back, see how she's been doing. So let me put the speaker up to the phone and... Siri, how you been doing for the last 10 years? It's been a great 10 years, but thanks for ruining it. Someone's cranky. Siri, you sound a little younger. Well, I've had a little work done. Well, it's me, running. Um, Oh, uh, Jim... Uh, sorry, Jim, uh, this is kind of embarrassing. Let me, let me uh, re-rack this thing. Just give me like two seconds here and... Uh... Hold up, Mark. Forget Siri. You got Broadway Vic to get your back. Wait. Vic and NoCal? Is that really you? <laughs> Shouldn't you be getting ready for your own call? Well, there's no way an illiterate jackwagon like me can beat you, so if you can't beat them, join them. Oh, come on, bro. Don't be so hard on yourself. You got a shot at this thing. Well, I guess if I, I had your looks... Your talent, your game, uh, and just your overall confidence. Maybe I could make something of my miserable life. (laughs) True. But why not start with something small? Like, instead of rehashing old, tired 80s movie references, why not finally bring your smack into the 21st century? Uh Ah, the 21st century. Like when Marty McFly went to the future and back to the future, too. God, I hate this guy. Wait. Brad and Corona? How you doing, bud? Are you also throwing in the towel early and giving me the chip? Okay. So right there, that gets very gimmicky but very unique. Hard to pull that off. Hard to focus on your delivery on the call and then go down that Siri angle and trying to bring in names like that. Very difficult to do. I think he pulled it off. If Mark and Hollywood won, I wouldn't have been shocked. And one more coming in. Uh, this is from Jay Bauer, 509. JT, I think everything is lining up. For left versus BIC for Smack Off 30. Could be. Could be lining up that way. Mike in Ann Arbor. Mike, start us off. Thanks for calling into the jungle. The recap of the Smack Off. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I thought uh, Mark in Hollywood and I of Freddy were uh, number one, number two. Uh, I want to give some uh, kudos to the Cavalier Nation. I think Cavalier Nation's style set up the, the, the epitome of the clone. Uh, uh, idea, you know, a lot of these calls sound like, you know, Shawnee's calls from the past. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but uh, uh, what I would, what I would like to see uh, Rome do is, is go to uh, uh, if there's a one and two tie like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mark and Hollywood and Iafredi. Uh, do a debate and let them guys go head-to-head live on the radio. What okay. do you think? I, I don't think very much of that. I don't think we're going to have a live debate like it's a caucus and it's going to be broadcast on all three networks. I don't think that. But, you know, if you look at uh, 
you know, someone asked me if I'd ever be a part in a winner's bracket only. Only winners calling in on the 30th anniversary. Woo, how's that? You know, even the guys are rolling their eyes. They haven't heard that. I've been asked quietly by a couple of clones. What about an invite? When I went into the first smack off, it was invite only year one. How about a 30th smack off invite only the former champs? Just the former champs. You got enough champs who can do it. Uh, Sean's calls are amazing. I don't, I don't listen to them a lot, but they probably, a lot of people copy. A lot of people copy clones from the past or callers there to make their phone calls better. Look, one thing, you know, people rip callers from time to time. I was one of them. I was nothing more than a caller. Been doing this now 27 years thanks to this show. You can get into the business through this show, but you got to treat it like a job. And there's a lot of shows out there that won't take calls anymore. They're gutless. They're, they have no guts if you're not going to take a phone call from someone you don't know. And as Jim says, and I think everybody agrees, on a day like that where the best callers in this genre could all line up and bring it hard, I like that. And it was pretty good. And again, I listened to it uh, driving out. I had a four-hour drive, a little bit less than that, from Vegas. A little bit, yeah, about four hours and 15 minutes to San Diego. I listened to the whole thing. I thought it was really well done. The XR4TI, the group behind the scenes here, do an amazing job. And the callers slotted. As Alvin and I were talking, if you look at the first hour the first hour of this past smack-off, it was as strong as the third hour. And I think that makes for a great smack-off when the entire three hours are really good. And uh, Jim was able to pull that off. When we come back, again, I'll get to James Harden. Phones are lining up at JT the Brick. If you want to change, if you want to change one thing about the results of this past smack-off, what would it be? One thing. 800-636-8686. Emmanuel Barbari. Yes. Here we go with your CBS Sports Bite. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef. Pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Yes, JT back here, ready to roll. I'll go see Guns N' Roses going to the Power Trip concert out at Coachella in October. Time to ask the pros. Where you the clones get to ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros and submit your question. Be listening later in the show. When I get an answer to your question, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Good to get the tweets coming in at JT the Brick. Uh, they are coming in hot now. Think people have never heard a Jungle Recap show live. As a matter of fact, the Smack Off will be played tomorrow on the 4th of July if you missed it. So stick around for that. Uh, this one comes in, JT. Good morning to the original King of Smack. Can you stop saying the Clippers are a horrible franchise? We lead the league in selfie banners. Name a franchise that does that. Regards Bo Outlaw, Michael Oluwakandi. 
Eric Piakowski, Matt Fish. Uh, this one, JT, so good to hear your voice in the jungle. Thanks to Jim. Love to hear what you think about the Raiders and Jimmy G and what the team direction looks like. Have a happy fourth, man. I think the Raiders are very undervalued now. Uh, no one in the national media knows anybody on the Raiders who they brought in. They've lightly upgraded the defense, which they had to do. If Jimmy G is healthy, and reportedly he should be fine, had a procedure on his foot a while ago, plenty of time to heal. When the Raiders break the huddle at a home game in Los Angeles against the Chargers, not an away game, at a home game in Los Angeles against the Chargers, Jimmy G will look to his left and see Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, he'll look to his right to see Michael Mayer, the baby Gronk from Notre Dame, Hunter Renfro, and he'll have the leading rusher behind him in Josh Jacobs. A lot of teams are down on the Raiders every time in June and July. It's always kick the Raiders to the curve and let's pump up the Chargers who have never done anything and let's pick the Broncos to go to the AFC Championship game. Raiders have beaten the Broncos six out of the last seven times. The Raiders, nobody else, fired two coaches, Nathaniel Hackett and Vic Fangio. You can lose to the Chiefs. You can lose to the Chargers. You lose six out of seven to the Silver and Black. Coaches get fired in Denver. I'm not saying Sean Payton's going to fix them. I think he'll fix them eventually. How quickly will he get Russell Wilson going? How quickly will Russell Wilson come out of the gate this year? Will he come out hot, or will it take a while to figure out that Sean Payton playbook? Jimmy G knows Josh McDaniel's playbook. Josh McDaniels is the only coach in NFL history dating back to Leather Helmets who has won six Super Bowls, six as a coordinator. No one else has done that. So everybody who's down on Josh McDaniels, year two in the system here. Unfortunately, Derek Carr could not get it done. Derek Carr, my friend, had nine years. He couldn't get it done. So they bring in a better red zone efficient quarterback in Jimmy G. And I think Jimmy G, if healthy, and God, it's hard to cover Jimmy G because everybody thinks he's going to get hurt. As a sports talk host, I can't go into a season saying this guy's going to get hurt eventually. You can't do that. And if Jimmy G can stay stay healthy, I think the Raiders are going to be better than their win total, which is seven and a half. I think the Raiders can do that. They won 10 games two years ago. They went back to six because they lost five second-half double-digit leads. The only team ever to do that. That will not happen again. So I get a paycheck from the Raiders, but I want the Raiders to win. And I think the Raiders... You know, a lot of people are kicking them to the curb. I think they're going to be better than what most people think on that. All right, let's get to some of the recap here as we continue on. Uh, Brett in Cincinnati. Brett, thanks for calling the Jungle Post Smack Off. Go ahead, you're up. Hey, JT, great to talk to you. Thank you. Um, this is a great time to be in Cincinnati. The Reds are good. The Bengals are good. That's all, all with that. What do you think about the possibility of the Smack Off becoming – a multi-day event because there are so many good callers, and every year the scope of the show expands, expands. There's more great callers, more smack. Anybody can do this. Well, I shouldn't say it like that, but if you got a year to prepare, that's one thing. But if you got 24 hours to prepare, to prepare for round two, that's something else entirely. What are your thoughts as a former yeah. winner yes. about that? Thanks for the call. Uh, I don't agree with that. The guys are shaking their heads. No, it's a one-day event. It, Jim's made that clear. It's a one-day event. And what makes it a one-day event is that if you can't get in, if you can't get in, you're out. And from what I heard behind the scenes, wink, wink, there was some callers on hold that didn't get into the smack-off. I look at the smack-off two ways. And there's a lot of guys. I have the list here of all the winners. You can win the smack-off one of two ways. You can dominate it and destroy it like I did year one against a really good field and put it away halfway through. Or 
you come down to a great phone call, and there's three or four people that you think could win, and you got to choose between the two or three people there. Usually that isn't that how the smack off works. Either the winner dominated so easy it was easy to tell, or it's close. And I think this is what made the smack off really good. As I was driving in the car, I didn't know who was going to win. I want a little bit of Iafredi, please, because that call I thought was fantastic to end the show. Smart decision to end the show with Iafredi as he came in. I was wondering because I thought they were teasing him. I don't remember if he was on hold or not. But he came in at the end, and I thought he dropped the bomb. Do not waste your time or ours with next year's losing call. Just proceed straight to grievance land. Do not pass go. Do not collect $5,000. And while we're on the topic of whining, Jim, I'm told that Brad and Corona, the dude whose voice makes Ron DeSantis sound like Barry freaking White. I hear he was in here sniveling last week about my pledge to donate my smack-off winnings last year to the Uvalde victims. I'm so sorry my on-air commitment to generosity was so offensive to you, but, but we all understand, Brad. I mean, anybody who thinks about other people more than himself is like a flippin' alien to you, big guy. Trust me, Brad, we all know that the full sum of your smack-off winnings has gone straight to mirrors and implant procedures. But at least he was using a phone. A phone that doesn't work, but a phone. Respect, loser. All right, that, that's Iafredi, who's just taking shots also. And doing it in a nice way. What I like about Iafredi uh, coming in is that his delivery. You want to go back old school in the jungle? I thought the gr- greatest delivered phone calls that I ever heard was Doc Mike Totola. His calls were, if you go back, if you know what I'm talking about, you know Doc Mike. His calls were delivered, I thought, perfectly. Beginning, middle, to end. Other guys, you know, chop it around a bit. When Iafredi comes in with a call like that at the end... Like he would have came in halfway through. I think a couple of people on the back end would have got a little nervous saying there's no chance I could top that. And that's also a big part of the smack off. If you know you're on hold or you're waiting for hour number two or three and someone like Mark in Hollywood comes in and drops a bomb right out of the gate and could win it, it puts pressure. There's supposed to be pressure during a smack off call. There's supposed to be pressure. Where do you slot yourself? How do you finish? Who do you have to overtake? Like a horse race, when someone comes out of the gate, as I always begin my shows, out of the gate, someone comes out fast, and you got to track them down. First call and last call. And with all due respect to the winner, I thought Mark and Boston's call was great. I asked to hear it again, and I heard it today on the app coming back in. Wanted to hear that again. Very strong. I don't give credit to location of a phone call. Jim does. That's not me. I, I, don't, I don't care if you make your phone call in the kitchen of a bar. If you make it at the bar, if you make it in your car, you make it in your office. That doesn't get any points for me, but it was very important on this phone call because it was a tight, tight race, and that could have been the difference. So congratulations to him. Tobin is in Chapel Hill inside the jungle. JT, what's happening? Nice to speak with you, JT. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because I thought it was just me, but I completely agree with you about Iafredi. I had him slotted first or second the last two years. If I'm not mistaken, he was also the last call last year, and it, it's all about delivery. You know, so, so good news first, that was the best smack off that I've ever heard, hands down. Great work by XR4TI. 
as nice to see Jeff in Richmond find an ignominious end to his paint-by-numbers career in the jungle. And Mark in Boston was my guy, so I was really happy about that, too. But this is the first time I think I've ever heard that somebody could have wired the field. You are absolutely right about Mark in Hollywood, and you're mentioning about delivery with other guys. It's way harder than it sounds. The fact that he navigated that call through his gimmicks with that kind of delivery was amazing. I just thought the first call might have been the best call of the whole day. And one other reflection, you know, I've had Shawnee on the podium the last two years. Mm-hmm. And it is true, like uh, the, another caller said, uh, he's kind of the template. But we're kind of getting to a point where just being a great phone caller with great content and great delivery, it almost isn't enough anymore. And speaking of Ifrady, we know that gimmicks go back at least as far as to Whitey's dad, right? And Lef, of course, brought that up to a new level. But it almost feels like you do have to have a gimmick of some kind to, to win, and you also have to spend two minutes doing personal appearance smack on some other winner, yes. which, which is not great because hardly anyone uses uh, sports talk on the smack-off call anymore. But that was a great smack-off. I, I really agree with you 100% about Ifrady. And, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. And I don't think that we should change anything. Good. That's, Thanks a lot. Nice to thank talk you, to you. Thank you. Nice talking to you there, too. Look, the gimmicks are important because if you're going to pull off a gimmick, you're either in or out. If you don't pull it off perfectly, if the sound doesn't work right, your music in the background doesn't work perfectly, you're out. And you can get run, as Alvin told me that. You, if your gimmick doesn't come through, I don't know Vic and NorCal very well. You know, he's a former winner. He's in the fraternity that I'm in. You know, you don't want to get run in a smack-off. Let me repeat, you do not want to, I've never been run in my life, and I was a caller for only a short period of time. Getting run in the smack off is the ultimate shame, shame. I, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll tease that for next hour. You do not want to get run on the greatest caller competition of all time, and he did. So, again, he tried to do the Goodfellas gimmick. It's okay, but you're running away from sports, and you're trying to do a gimmick there. That will not work perfectly. All right, hour one flew by. We got a couple of guests coming up. Uh, Scott Kaplan, formerly CBS sideline reporter, is really good. We have an NBA insider that we're looking at, too. I know I've been teasing James Harden. I always deliver on the tease. I'll lead with him next hour on where I think he should go, uh, what I think about his poor behavior, and why I believe the NBA is on the brink of losing fans. This is a true story. More fans come up to me to talk sports, who I see in person, And the one sport that they're jumping out of more than any is the NBA. The NBA is losing fans by the boatload. They get them back for the playoffs. But the owners now and the advertisers and the television networks know that the NBA is trash in the regular season. And that's a problem. And I don't think that we saw Adam Silver do a good job explaining that to the fans this year at this past All-Star Game. Speaking of All-Star Games, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, Otani now Everybody thinks Otani is the greatest player of all time. I repeat, Babe Ruth was the greatest player of all time. You don't, there's no film of him, and there's just black and white photos. We won't forget him, but Otani has the ability to pass Babe Ruth, and he's doing it. But you, if you're going to pitch, if you're going to pitch, you got to win 25 games like Ron Guidry. You got to be Steve Carlton. You got to be Bob Gibson. You got to be Sandy Koufax to be one of the great pitchers of all time. Can he do that? He could be one of the greatest power hitters of all time. At Jim Rome, at JT the Brick. Let's come back. I love this. We're flowing. We're recapping the smack off. First time it's ever been attempted. 
JT, back with you in the jungle for Jim Rome, who's on vacation. Thanks for coming back. It's a Smack Off 29 recap. I won the, the first smack one. Smack Off. Yep, so we're trying to recap this one. Seems to be a little bit controversial. Nothing crazy. We welcome everyone with their opinions coming in. Mark in Boston wins. Mark in Hollywood could have, maybe should have went wire to wire. I thought injustice to Iafredi at seven should have been in the top three. BIC with the phone glitch knocked him out of the 5,000. Shawnee Strong, as always, left. Caleb in Green Bay. That's a drop from one to eight. One to eight. You want to avoid that, too. And again, a couple of the callers who I've never heard before, I think, did a nice job. If you want to recap, if you had any problem with the scoring, because all the calls were pretty solid, it was a very strong smack off, hour one through hour three. But if there was a caller that you think should have been slotted higher, and I guess the key thing is everybody seems to think Mark in Boston was the winner. Overall, they're okay with that decision. We can live with that decision. We welcome them in to the jungle as a champion. And you'll hear that call again tomorrow. That call tomorrow is the smack off will be replayed on the 4th of July. I'll be back here on Wednesday. We'll have the simulcast on TV and radio, CBS Sports Television, CBS Sports Radio. Recapping the smack off. Two guests coming in here. NBA insider Joe Varden is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. And then one of my favorite sports talk hosts based here in Southern California, my friend Scott Kaplan on the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Angels, some of the Southern California big topics that are leading the way today as we get it going. I'm, I'm going to be in San Diego in and out the next couple of days. I'm going to see Otani bat tonight. Going to go see the Padres, probably the most disappointing team in baseball. The Padres, pound for pound with their, with their salary. Pound for pound. Uh, disappointment. I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, I would have fired Aaron Boone weeks ago. I would have fired him and brought someone in to light a fire under the Yankees. The Yankees lose a series to St. Louis. you got to be kidding me. So they've been in an embarrassment. There's no need to wait to fire Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. They don't deserve their jobs anymore in New York with the Yankees. In regards to the Mets, a disaster, a dumpster fire. I've always liked Buck Showalter. I think he's a good baseball mind, but this team isn't reacting to him. What a waste for Steve Cohen. He held the press conference, the owner of the Mets, and said, hey, it's kind of on the players. They got to get out of this. So will Pete Alonzo, uh, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer be able to do it? We could look back in two, three years and say the deals for Scherzer, who's a good player, he'll be consistent. Verlander will probably get going. Some of the worst money spent in Mets history on aging, aging pitchers well past their prime. Still good. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is well past his prime, and he's an all-star. But for the Mets now, re- very disappointing team. The Dodgers, I think, are underachieving. And we're looking at a year that only comes around every so often. Baltimore, the Orioles, and the Cincinnati Reds. I'm okay with that, but I'm a Yankee fan, and the New York metropolitan market has got to be pulling their hair out coming into the holiday here. All right, a couple of other caller recaps here before we get back to the phones. I never heard V in the fee. Before I've been listening that closely, doing my other shows, but V and the Fee made a really impactful call that the XR4TI is still talking about. Enough with the fat jokes, though, back to sports. Hey, Kendrick Porkins, big pork, stop telling my Lakers to pursue James Harden. Just because someone comes to L.A. doesn't mean it'll work. Am I right, Mark, in Hollywood? Mark's acting career is like Caleb's sex life because he still hasn't been in anything yet. He also claims to be a writer, which is funny considering how ass his smack-off scripts are. 
So that's strong. He went after Kendrick Perkins, and he went after Mark in Hollywood. So we're just playing snippets of some of these calls that came in. And also, Rick in Buffalo. Rick in Buffalo, if you look at his track record here in the jungle, the strong calls, there are several people that thought he could have won it with this. Not sure when it happened, but at some point this offseason, you ceased being Steph Diggs and turned into Steffi Graf. He said, say it again, Rick, and see what happens. What's going to happen, Steffi, is this. You're going to get your ass to practice tomorrow, or I'm going to beat it. And you know what happened, Jim? He was the first one at practice, because even Stefan Diggs knows the RIB doesn't write checks with his mouth that his ass can't cash. And was Brad really in here this week? All right, so little Rick in Buffalo, who if he brought a title, if he won a smack off and brought it to Buffalo, would be one of the greatest sports moments in the history of that city. And that says a lot. That would be one of the great. That would go on the Mount Rushmore of Buffalo sports if Rick could end up pulling that off uh, in years to come, which I think he's going to be able to do. His calls seem to get better and better and better, and very impressed with that. As we go out to Devon in North Carolina, post-jungle recap of the smack-off. Go ahead, Devin. Hey, uh, JT from La Jolla. Uh, <laughs> JT the Brick, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Listen, I thought that uh, Mark from Hollywood, the gimmick, was better than Mark from Boston. I agree with you. I mean, are we setting a precedent now where someone is going to end up making their call from some other state on Lansdowne in some bar down there in Boston and win the thing? I don't think so. But I got to tell you, Rick from Buffalo, the RIB, man, he ran all the smack with no gimmicks. I think it's a travesty that he lost the smack off. And, and even fourth place, are you kidding me? Fourth place below a guy who had two glitches uh, on his phone, all right? Look, Rick, I don't know if you're listening right now. I know that people crack on you because your head looks like a penis. But I'm telling you right now, brother, you should have won this smack off. Come back next year, do the same thing, or come back stronger. You got it, my brother. And I love the fact that he cracked on his own team, his own team, that he loves so much, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it, man. I'm Thank out. You. Take care. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Rick, that's a very interesting point here. For those who thought Rick could have won this smack off and the fact that he was behind the glitch of the BIC's phone and the RIB gives almost a perfect call to his standards and it's only good enough for fourth. Hey, look, if you're not going to win it and get the 5000 if you come in second, second's great. Jim always goes back. And they always repeat who got top fives, how many appearances, all of that. That's important. But is that a legacy builder coming in fourth? You don't build the legacy and the smack off coming in fourth or coming in seventh. That's why I'm standing up all day for Ayer Frady. He's a legend. He goes back to my era. And there's no way he should have came in seventh here. He's got to be aggravated today considering he was going to donate significant money to a very important charity. And he loses out and he comes in seventh. Uh, You don't want to be outside the top ten. But if you're outside the top ten, people forget your call. No harm, no foul. If you're at eight, seven, six. 
people remember that you didn't get into the top five. Very competitive. That's what we've been talking about. It was very competitive, and that's why when I was sitting driving, listening to it, and they went to the final break after I afraid I said, man, he might have won it. He might have won it with that phone call, but I remembered Mark in Hollywood starting it off. I thought Mark in Boston was very good, but at that moment in real time, waiting for them to come back and recap it, I thought I afraid he won it at that moment. He didn't win it, and he came in seventh. So that was the one thing I talked about with the guys today, and I listened to the call again, and it was easily top two or top three. So there's always going to be a conspiracy theory. Someone's not going to be happy. And uh, this will build to the 30th, which is going to come up next year. I wonder when he's going to have it. I don't need to know that, you know, Alvy, but I like to come in and do this again. I like the recap show. And uh, next one's going to be a big one on the 30th. That should have more watch parties than any other event in SmackOff history. It should. That should be really a crowning achievement for this show. I believe in longevity and staying on the radio as long as you can. And Jim's been able to pull it off. And the 30th SmackOff, I think, is going to be Really good. All right, let's hear from you on the other side. we got a couple of guests coming up around the corner. NBA insider Joe Varden is going to join us here at Pacific Time at about 1040. Then I'm out the road back to San Diego. Going to see the Padres and the Angels tonight. Drink some local cerveza, see some baseball, play some golf on the 4th, and then fly back to the jungle on the 5th. Excited to be here. Sitting in for Jim coming off the smack off. Here's Jack Stern with your CBS Sports Update. Good night now! 